This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Echo's Blood Red podcast. You're joining me, your host, Connor Dunn, and I'm here with Joe Rimmer. Joe, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. And Kiva, how are you? Feeling like a champion of the world. Absolutely. <laughs> well, first of all, Merry Christmas if you're celebrating anywhere around the world. But second of all, Liverpool are ending this year as European and world champions. And what an exciting thing that is to say. They are the first English club to claim the International Treble Super Cup included in that. Joe, Talk to me. Flamengo 1-0. Flamengo scored the extra time. What did you make of it? It was an interesting game. Um, I thought I thought they were much better Flamengo than I think any of us really expected. I thought they were a really streetwise team. Got on the ball, played some really nice stuff, uh, had some really dangerous players. Um, but I thought Liverpool played, played very well and they, they could have been one up in the first minute of the game um, through Firmino and, and created, I think, George Jesus, their manager afterwards, said that Liverpool didn't really have any clear-cut chances other than the goal, which I thought was a bizarre thing to say because I thought they had loads of yeah. good chances. And I think Liverpool could have won it in normal time and eventually they, they got their rewards in extra time. Um, made up, yeah. I think as the game went on, it felt more and more important. And the more you sat there, you more just like the Super Cup, really, the more I thought, I want them to win this. I really want them to win this. And, you know, I kind of wanted it going in, but didn't quite realise how much I wanted it until the game was flowing. Um, but yeah, it, it was good and I thought Liverpool played very well. Their big players come to the fore again. I'm sure we'll discuss them. Gomez and, and, and Alisson, excellent in defence. And I thought Firmino was very, very good. Um, and Henderson, uh, just a true captain's performance. I thought all round he was he was superb. And, and because he didn't curl that one into the top corner at the end. Absolutely. Yeah, well, there were some excellent individual performances during the game, Kiva, as Joe's just mentioned there, you know, Gomez was, was superb and we know we've written a couple of pieces about him on the Echo website but how, how important is it that he has stepped up in his time and how important was he for this World Club Cup win? Yeah, well, absolutely important because we would have had Jordan Henderson there again and the, he was in the semi-final and it was difficult to watch as as much of a good performance Henderson put in against Monterey it, was, it weren't enjoyable, was it? It's enjoyable <laughs> oh, watching Van Dijk defend I enjoy that that's a hobby of mine <laughs> but Watching Henderson defend, I didn't really enjoy it. Watching him defend in the midfield when there's a row of defenders behind him, that's okay, but as a centre-half, please never want to see that again. Um, so Joe Gomez being there, almost like, he almost became the Van Dyke in the semi-final, shepherded Henderson through the game, which was bizarre, mm. you know, and I feel like that's the effect Van Dyke has on, you know, his teammates. He sort of like, a couple of times in the final, I looked at Gomez and thought he was Van Dyke for a minute, the way he was shuffling on the ball and, like, you know, just edging defenders out, edging uh, attacking players out the way. And I was like, he's he's very much, like, his frame is almost, he's learning from the best, so he is becoming the best, which is great for Liverpool and obviously great because we don't have any other defenders. <laughs> um, but I was really impressed with Liverpool. I thought over the two games, they weren't in control of the games at any point, but in control of them at the same time, which is bizarre. Yeah. Um, the, the semi-final, I think you thought, you always knew... It was way because the goal was literally in the last minute of the game, but you always knew it was coming. Mm. This is that Liverpool team. And again, Firmino pops up again, but you knew Liverpool aren't good. This isn't going to penalties. We just need a little bit more extra time, you know. And obviously, Firmino stepped up and got the, the winner again. So, yeah, just, just marvellous. I didn't realise how good it would actually feel to win it. It felt like, is it going to feel a bit like, I don't know, and then as soon as we won it, I was absolutely made up. It just feels like, well, this is going to be 
just a good, a good feeling, you know, going forward, knowing that Liverpool have won a treble after years of just that League Cup medal <laughs> on its own. Yeah, absolutely, Joan. I think in the end, probably for Liverpool, is a bit of superior fitness that told. Um, it was a bit of just superior quality, really, overall as well. What sort of a boost do you think this is going to give those players coming back, you know, 10-point league, going to Leicester, well, Leicester coming to Anfield on Boxing Day? How, how much do you think this is going to affect them there? I think that I think they'll be tired. I don't. I think we shouldn't get away from that. And I think mm. Klopp will need to to rotate. But but I think I've always felt that the winning trophies breed success. You know, you, you win a trophy like the Champions League, and you can see that players. You can see that this team has grown since that final. And you can see that it's exactly what Kiva was saying. You're watching that game, and even as fans, we're watching it, thinking that they're going to win this eventually. They, they'll find a way through because they always do. And I think the players feel that now. And I think. It's that winning mentality. So I'm sure that the, the experiences that they had um, on Saturday night will will send them into that Leicester game full of confidence. And Liverpool know if they, I think if they beat Leicester on on um, the, what the heck, I'm losing track of days on Boxing Day anyway. Thursday, yeah. uh, what day is it today? Monday. Yeah. Um, if they if they beat Leicester on Thursday, I think they almost knocked them out the title race. And then you've only really got City hanging on, and they're only hanging on by virtue of the fact they're Man City, aren't they? Really. So. I think Liverpool will be really, really up for this one. And I, don't know, I just think you fancy them all the time. I think Leicester will give them a good game. Vardy's in the form of his life. But, um, yeah, just, you don't, this Liverpool team can go anywhere, anywhere and win. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, we'll come on to discuss Leicester a little bit more in a minute, Keeper. But just another player that we've, we've mentioned a couple of times here already is Alisson. I mean, his form in the Club World Cup, I thought, was absolutely sensational. He looks like he's absolutely fully back to his best. And I first want to know what you made of his performances and how, you know, he basically kept Liverpool in the semi-final and then how important he is going to be now going forward as well. Well, it took a little bit of time, didn't it, after his injury to get back yeah. to what we obviously saw last season because he was immense, wasn't he, for Liverpool? Um, that injury sort of tainted that a little bit, but he slowly got back. And I think, you know, these awards help being the, the FIFA's best and... You know, he is the best goalkeeper in the world right now. And now Liverpool are the best team. It's, you know, it's all come together. I just think he's phenomenal. I think someone tweeted, you know, it's probably that Napoli save will go down in history as like one of the greatest ever. Because now you think to what Liverpool have accomplished what that's since gone on then, to do, yeah. especially after the Club World Cup final. Um, he's just a remarkable. I think he sort of is in Van Dijk's shadow a little bit because Van Dijk is like, you know, the 70 million, 75 million pound man who came and like, you know, that price tag mm. was hanging out. And then he changed Liverpool's defence. But then, you know, we still needed that goalkeeper. We got him. It's ended that debate for however long he stays at Liverpool. Um, but he still sort of, even though, you know, he got all them clean sheets as well and made some amazing saves throughout the last season. But you do just sort of feel like he is kind of like Van Dijk's the main one. And then he's just close behind. But I think he's as important as him. And it's just, it's so, so nice to have a world-class keeper like that. Because the other night when Van Dijk wasn't playing, that's what I mean, you sort of, then who are you depending on? You're like, it's Alisson. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, to have them too. And, you know, obviously the full-backs this team are just... I mean, could we just keep talking about them forever? <laughs> I think we probably could. Yeah, absolutely. Um Another player who seems to have come into form is Roberto Firmino, Joe. I mean, I thought he was absolutely excellent again. Both both games came up with a goal in the last yeah, couple of minutes yeah. and then superb performance over the 90. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he hasn't had the... 
I was talking to Gorsi about this the other day. He hasn't had the greatest goal scoring season, has he? And, mm-hmm. and it's easy to just look at pure goal scoring statistics Numbers, and go, yeah. all right, say Jamie Vardy's out there, however many goals at the front. But I think you watch Firmino every week and I think if he didn't score from between now and the end of the season, I don't think we'd be worried because we'd know how much he gives the team. And But he does score and he, and he scores important goals as well. He, he shows up in big games. Um, yeah, I thought he was really good the other night. He kept plugging away. You know, he had, he had the first the chance in the first minute, then that just sublime bit of skill where he flicked it over the defender's head and then hit the post and then um, obviously took the goal really, really well. When, when it came through to him, it's on his left foot and you're thinking, why, why doesn't he just take it straight first time? But to cut inside the way he did, he took everyone out the game, didn't he? And, made the, and he's the already run easier. 70 oh, yards yeah, before yeah, that yeah. as well. So. It, it was it was superb, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a great, great player. I love Firmino. Um, just think, like, go, sorry, go on. I think... 2020 will be the year of Firmino. We've had like Salah, Mane. <laughs> the year sort of, of honestly, the I feel like Firmino. slowly we had Salah, then we had Mane sort of being the best now. I think the next year yeah. for all the experience he's got, I just think it's going to be explosive for him. Yeah, the year first. The year of Firmino is, is coming. Can't wait yeah. to see There's it. One, Joe, so I was just going to say, I just want to add on Alisson. I, just, I love watching Alisson because like any great player and any great defensive player, he's so calm, isn't he? You mm-hmm. never see him flustered. You never see him... He never seems to make, and this isn't, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way, like fingertip saves because he seems to be in the right place to catch More things solid. or to, to parry them with, with a stronger hand. You don't see, you know, remember if dude, I remember Dudek's first season and I remember thinking, dude, that looked great because he was making all these fingertip saves. But you look at it now, he had so many different holes in his game that no wonder he had to make all these yeah. last ditch saves. Whereas Allison comes out, claims everything, he's dead calm on the ball and yeah, I just he just fills you with confidence, just like Van Dyke does, and and if Gomez can can sort of soak up a bit of that, then yeah, all power to Liverpool because it'd be great. Yeah, but with the calmness and confidence, Valentin, you know, you, I remember back to Leicester and he flicked it over Ian Acho's <laughs> head, yeah, yeah. and I was just like, this is a keeper. He's got so much about him. Like you just you just feel with him in your goal, even if the defender's one on one, you're thinking well, he's probably still going to save yeah, this, yeah, and it's yeah. a, a feeling we've not felt for a. Ever really in my life. <laughs> well, Rayner was great, wasn't he? Rainer. Yeah. I loved Pepe Rayner. But this, the, the, the way he is and how solid he is, every aspect mm. of his game is sensational. Yeah, yeah. Really, I think he's. I think he's just. A I mean, from Liverpool player. to go to having beach ball moments and you know just oh, bizarre, yeah. horrible carriers to go from all that to now have the world's best goalkeeper. That's just incredible, really, isn't it? And it's just. Yeah, absolutely. A, a time to enjoy. <laughs> so that's all the super positive stuff. But there was a couple of things in the game that, well, I suggest the referee probably marred the game. Abdul Rahman <laughs> Al Jassim, um, a Qatari referee who was hopelessly out of his depth. What did you make of the referee's performance, Joe Rimmer? <laughs> it was, uh, I hate slagging referees because I always but think I mean. like. Because the, the, there is no. You, there's no good referees, are there? In terms of like, you don't hear someone praise referees because everyone expects so much. But this guy was as bizarre as they they call me. He, he didn't really seem to want to give many fouls, and then he just made mad decisions. The whole penalty incident was just crazy and to decide that kick. there wasn't a foul, yeah. and then I, I, well, I don't know what was going on, but he, he he totally lost control. But I would say Flamingo was so streetwise, weren't they? They were clever. They went down. It's your classic places. South American yeah, type yeah. team, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I can't imagine that if you're ref in that game, that'd be that'd be easy for you. You know, you, you have to deal with a lot of stuff going off on off the ball. Um, you know, 
and you probably do second guess yourself, don't you? I'm making excuses for him now, but I think if a player goes down and is rolling around and you, you don't give something and then they turn out to be genuinely injured, then you, you look bad. So I, I have some sympathy for him. He was a young guy. He's, he's 32, which is a, such a young age, isn't it, to be 32? I was confused at mm. how he was appointed at that young yeah. age for such a big game. Surely he should yeah. still Guitar be doing like, the lower yeah. leagues and stuff and working his way up. But yeah. Obviously, you know. Kiva was fuming with Do you feel him. sympathy for him, Kiva? Not really. It was just a, it was a pitiful refereeing performance, wasn't it, really? <laughs> it was. It's not what you want. It just felt like he bought into Flamengo's sort of, you know, that self-American way of playing, which, we, you know, we, we adored, here, we've adored and come to know. Yeah, you know, yeah. the way Robertson played was absolutely, like we've spoke before, the dark arts, pushing people and doing all that. We had that for years with Luis Suarez. We enjoyed it. It's, you know, it's just a winner mentality. Um, but he just seemed to buy it too easily. And a lot of the times it was just like, you know, just a little knock or a nudge and he'd be like, like but obviously, you know, it's such a big occasion. You can sort of feel for him a little bit in terms of just... You know, maybe it got to him a bit and he was just thinking, I've just gone after... I thought he'd done quite well because it felt like there was going to be a sending off towards the end of the game. It got a bit out of control, but um, he'd done well to sort of keep that, that tally down, didn't he? Yeah. I think it was our front three. Ooh. Yeah, they're all booked first time in, 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 in since they've been at Liverpool. All three of them have been booked. But some of the bookings were a bit bizarre, weren't they? Mane got one, didn't he, for like an off-the-ball sort Sam, of incident, which yeah. seemed a bit petty and... Yeah, it was, it was. What did Sally get? Oh, Sally got one for making a tackle where he didn't touch the, the man. But but then you, you you look back at that and think, you know, in real time, Salah the studs up and, and the guy made such a meal of it that I can understand that it's it's so hard for referees, you know. And and then VAR probably just confuses things. They didn't use VAR though. That was the only time they used it in the whole yeah, game. The and even in the semi final, like I just felt like it wasn't like maybe we're overusing it in the Premier League because they were underusing it there. It was literally only that, which, you know, you can see why he's gone. It was on the edge. But then to not give it after seeing that, it's, he, what did he give, like a drop ball? It just felt... Yeah, a drop ball to Flamengo, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I saw Doily text, uh, text, tweeted at the time saying that how bizarre all that was. But then uh, since then, um, which is, is great to see, Doily has backtracked. Um, <laughs> but but I'm, I'm fairly certain he might have been correct um, in doing that because he decided that it wasn't even... A, 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 um, a free kick to begin yeah, with. Yeah, but there was contact, so I just can't see how it's you just, would decide. Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree. Strange performance, but... I do think we need to realign our expectations of, of, of referees, though, because I think this idea that referees can be infallible and, and make every decision right, get every decision right, is just, it's just, it's, it's stupid and bizarre, and you would never in any other sport expect an official to be to be perfect. Um, and, and the technology there to help them has not been used properly, and and has made things even worse. So I, I think we should just go back to having referees and, and accept that it's, it's, it's part of the sport, isn't it? The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Another small issue for Liverpool, um, the celebrations afterwards. Um, Klopp and his players went to go behind the goal to celebrate with the fans after winning. Um, but FIFA officials pushed them back onto the pitch said they had to keep within the pitch boundaries. They couldn't do a lap of honour. They couldn't celebrate with the fans. And I think they were a little bit annoyed by that and found it a bit odd and a bit unnecessary. Joe Rimmer. <laughs> it's just stupid, isn't it? Imagine that in Istanbul, you know, you're not allowed to go and go, oh, just, that's just bizarre. It's just... Classic FIFA. It's just classic FIFA, yeah. I mean, I don't know, is that is that also... So that must be the rules for World Cups and stuff, so yeah. you can't... Yeah, it's not just, unusual at FIFA tournaments by all accounts. It, that's just, it's just silly, isn't it? I mean, come on. Players are emotional. They want to go and celebrate. They might have family members in the, uh, at the sidelines. 
you know, that. I think for fans who've travelled like three thousand miles and to, yeah, you know yeah. wait there and want to be close and they're still far away because of this massive track, um, just a bit disappointing, isn't it? And I think I don't know. Just I think stuff like that mars the experience of the overall win. It, it, I don't know, especially like the BBC they were faffing about with you've got to switch on now to the iPlayer and that <laughs> took me ages. And then when they did lift the trip and then it just ended, so you didn't feel a part of it. And it was yeah. like. It's quite frustrating, really. I think for fans all over, don't know in other countries whether they showed like full coverage of it, but you felt like you know we'd won it, but we didn't get to bask in it like we did for the Champions League and for the Super Cup. You we've know, won this year, yeah. you want to just watch it for an hour. You want to watch everything because you know that's the closest you can be, and you want to you know it's all all we want to do, isn't it? Really? Certainly want to watch them lift the trophy. Michael McIntyre, <laughs> Michael <laughs> McIntyre. I, I mean, he's one of the worst worst comedians out there. Ah, just it drives me mad. Robbie Williams singing bloody karaoke. In this, in Nobody the wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Apparently, someone told me. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. Well, scheduling another issue for another day. I think. Yeah. Um, Gary Lineker needs to have a word. But one other issue, and it's, it's going to lead on yeah, yeah, sure. to Leicester quite nicely. I think um, Alex Oxley Chamberlain was pitched at the end in a protective boot on crutches and that is going to be an issue if he's not available for this, again, carrying on this really busy period, Kiva. Well, I am the Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Correspondent. Uh, Correspondent, yeah. Pretty yeah. Much. So <clears throat> it was disappointing, but then seeing him with his crutches in the air and the pictures of him in the dressing room after, I think he was, like, you know, in good spirits. So maybe mm. he's feeling like... I think you wouldn't be in good spirits if your season had just ended, would you? No, I know we it just doesn't look like that. a season-ending injury. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I don't think it's going to be too bad. I think maybe a month to six weeks at the very worst. It could be It could be bad, I don't know. But um, it, I don't think he'd be smiling that much. But then Fabinho, he was he was smiling coming out of Anfield in his protective boots. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I just, I just feel like it gives Klopp another issue because you, you look at the defensive line and it's precarious, to say the least. You know, one injury to one centre-back is... Uh, all disaster town really to be fair with Leicester coming and then midfield who he always who he, who he says an area for Liverpool is so well stocked and there's loads of players available but actually injuries are starting to take their toll aren't they Joey? Definitely they were always going to the amount of competitions and different things that they're doing and, and playing in I, I thought when he, when he first went down I thought he breathed on his knee because he was thumping the turf and I, I, you looked at and him and on the replay and he it was really just, bad yeah, he looked in distress and then it was kind of good to find out that it was his ankle. Although, didn't he injure his ankle and his knee when it first... When oh, it first, was like a mad yeah, playing it like yeah. three and one or something. So, yeah, I'm absolutely gutted because I, I really do like Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I think he's <laughs> I think he's a fantastic footballer. Full name only. Yeah, full name only. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I thought it was really bad. It was good to see him walk off the pitch. I thought... I didn't like that because Fabinho walked off fair, the pitch yeah, did, yeah. and like carried on for a couple of minutes. Just get them yeah. in the stretcher. Mm. And get ice on it immediately. Airlift them to hospital. But if I, suppose, I suppose if they're airlifted, though, you, you kind of think immediately. Though I just meant for me. I, I just oh yeah, it was nice thought, to. He, he mustn't be. It mustn't be that bad. If it was knee ligaments, he's, he's no can't way. be ACL again yeah. or anything like that. It's yeah. yeah. So hopefully it is like a month, and they've just. I think they go in the, the protective boot now, don't they? Just in case. Just in case. So. Yeah. I mean, we wondered how we would get through this mad December, didn't we? But. 
cater and Oxley Chamberlain have added something. Yeah. You know, they they've added indeed, impetus, yeah. they've added that attack and threat going forward. The way they drive forward, particularly Oxley Chamberlain, you know, he's willing to take on a man. You don't always get that with mm. your midfielders. And, you know, sometimes it can leave us lacking, you know, Fabinho, that defensive midfielder's mm-hmm. not there. But I just think, you know, they've been so impressive. And I think it would be a blow for Oxley Chamberlain now. Just getting back into pretty much probably the best form even before he had his injury yeah. against Roman. I think he's looking better than he did then. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what does this do then to his sort of, you know, I'm sure he'll pick himself up again because he was out for a year, wasn't he, last yeah. time? I'm sure he'll, you know, a few weeks. Seems like a great character, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. I, he seems like the type of guy who he, he will be positive and get himself back yeah. in there. And Hopefully it's just a, a month or whatever, as you say. Um, but yeah, case has been great. So yeah. Well, we'll come on to pick our teams for Leicester in a minute but I just want to speak about Leicester because obviously they got beaten 3-1 by City which probably a really good result for Liverpool although I'm still more worried about City than I'm about Leicester I don't know if everyone else feels the same 11 points behind City 10 points behind Leicester no team has ever lost a 10 point Leicester lost the Premier League with a 10 point lead on Christmas Day apart from Newcastle you would think this is Liverpool's year but I think they need to beat Leicester on Boxing Day and I think they're pretty much there or thereabouts Joe what do you think and where do you see Leicester's threat coming from? I know Vardy's obviously in, in sensational form. I, I don't think they need to beat Leicester. I think I think a draw I think a draw is, is a good result for Liverpool. It, it keeps Leicester away. I, I, I don't think you want to lose because you, you don't want to give them hope. Um, but Leicester, I don't mean this disrespectful to Leicester. I think if you were playing City and City win and cut the lead down to what to that seven. would be seven, then City would believe that they could come back into that. I think with Leicester, I still think seven points, it's a lot of... You're riding on, you know, they've just had the most phenomenal run. But it was better than anything they had in the, in the title yeah. winning season, wasn't it? So the best run in their history in terms of in terms of consecutive victories, and they find themselves ten points behind in, in this game. So I just don't think Leicester can catch up. I, d- I don't mean that disrespectful. I think they've had a great season. I love Brendan Rodgers. Think he's a great manager, but I don't think they can catch up. So I, I think a draw does Liverpool nicely. Um, does it give City a bit of hope? Possibly they, they get to within I think nine points with the. But if they won, but still got a game in hand. Yeah, there, still point. a game in hand. I, I, I don't know. I, I think happy, I'd be happy with a draw. I'd take a draw now. I think they're a threat inside Leicester City. Were at home the other night, um, so yeah, I think Liverpool's exertions over in, in Qatar. I'd take a draw now. Happy with the draw, Kiva? No, I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I'll get slaughtered. It. She's all praise. Yeah. Oh, Kiva. She slacked the ref. So now I'll get slaughtered for saying he was. He was all right. And, Listen, uh, I think the way we won at Anfield, last obviously Milner scores that last minute penalty. You know that was lucky. So a draw would be probably a fair result on the overall balance of play in terms of Leicester. Probably didn't. The, look, the, the they look good in the second half of that game, and they probably didn't deserve to to lose it in the way they did. But you know, as all Liverpool, this ruthless, relentless team now, that's how they do it. Um, but I think you've got to just you've got to just shut them down now. You've just got to say, Leicester, no, you, you you're just not in the title race anymore. Like that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. Goodbye. Have a have a great rest of the season. Good luck in the League Cup. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just end it. End, Good luck, Brendan. See you later. Yeah, yeah. Just end their hopes, and then. That will sort of then just like, you know, like ricochet onto like City's hopes of winning because they'll be like, well, Leicester, you know, and then that just puts them a little bit back almost. I mean, you know, them going second again would make them probably feel that they were in the title race. But they're just so far behind that I don't think it really matters. I think as long as Liverpool are six points clear, 
at any point in the season, I think they'll go on to win the league. So just you've, a point would be great because you've just got to stay above that, I think. You know, that double jeopardy of like losing one, losing two, and you're back where you are. But A point would be, it would keep it at 10, wouldn't it? And then they, and Liverpool would still have a game yeah, in hand. hand. Massive, so, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, look, I totally understand the point. Obviously, I think I think a win, I think Liverpool are almost oh, yeah. home and dry, basically. It's crazy to say, but you know, you're 13 points clear mm-hmm. a second with a game in hand. And like you're, that's that's just an unassailable gap, I think. To be honest, the way Liverpool are playing, the way they've got, but I do totally take the point that I think so many fans would take a draw, and I, I would take a draw if someone said, right now, Boxing Day draw Leicester, you go, yeah, all right, fine, I'll take that, get out of there, because I want to ask you about this. Leicester are before the City game comfortably the most informed team in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and they are a real threat, aren't they? Yeah, massive, yeah. I mean, Vardy is in the form of his life, and I think you know a split second, you switch off at the back, and, and he can hurt you. So. And they are, they're a really good side and, and Rodgers will be well up for this and they'll be up for, they won't want to lose two in a row, will mm-hmm. they, and, and completely fall out of this race. So um, as far as them being home and dry, I've been hurt too many times, Connie, you can't, I can't, they won't be home and dry until Klopp's got both hands around that trophy because I, I, it, it's it's too hard to think that they could be, um, yeah, that they could be home and dry at this stage. But yeah, I do think if they win... Um, it's massive, and it will hurt City. I think Kevin made a good point there. I think if you if you're City, you're looking at this game, aren't you thinking drop points now? Yeah, drop points, and we can get back. We into can this. start coming back into you know, it. If they don't drop points, if they get all three, then City will be thinking ah, maybe let's just go for the Champions League because yeah. this let's give up the ghost. I don't. Absolutely right. Teams then for Leicester. Firstly, Allison in goal. Clearly number one. Yeah, number one. Yeah. Left back Andy Robertson. Right back Trent Alexander Arnold. No yeah. question. Yeah. Van Dijk and Gomez in the middle, yeah. it picks itself. Are we yes. going to pick this team? Or you? I mean, <laughs> yeah, the obvious, right, yeah. your obvious you solution. You just do it and we'll say, yeah, you're yeah. no. No, but then you've got your midfield to think about and I think it really does need a thought, doesn't it? Because yeah, yeah. there's some injuries, there's some issues. Joe, who are your three? Hopefully Wijnaldum's back. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wijnaldum, Henderson, I would still play. And um, I'd probably play Cater because I think he's in good form. I think he looks a threat. He gives Liverpool a different dimension. It, it, it'll give Leicester... Something else they're, to think about. They're a weird team, aren't they, Leicester, in the sense that you don't want to overcommit against them because that's their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they are a great counter-attacking side. And I suppose if you have a, a more attacking option in midfield, that does... Actually, saying that, I, I think he might go for Milner. Yeah. So I think Henderson, Wijnaldum, Milner. Uh, that was my pick. Yeah, and me. Just for that <laughs> safety. Just talk myself out. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think Cater has been great and I don't want to see him rested, but I can't see how you don't go for that mm. famous trio of... When Alden Henderson and Milner. It was once known as the Brexit midfield, wasn't yeah. it? Which um, I don't think anyone says that sort of stupid thing anymore. No, certainly not. Yeah. I think, I take your point on Cater, but I think just for this game yeah, and the way Leicester yeah. attack, it is that three, isn't it? And I think if you, you know, if you really want to go and you think Leicester look vulnerable, 20 minutes to go, yeah, yeah. Cater comes on and, you know, yeah. does add something different. But I think, yeah, the, the three well, are. Is it a worry from when Alden in after too much? You know, he's obviously had a little problem. And yeah, well, he, he was, wasn't he close for the final? He was, he yeah, was by pressing, all accounts. He? So, so he on, was he on the bench? Yeah, he was on yeah, the bench. Yeah, so that's, you know... Yeah. Positive sign. So, so hopefully a, a few more days training, a bit of rest, didn't have to come on in that game. Yeah. He'd be all right. Yeah, absolutely. Front three, are you going the front three or are you considering Origi or any, anyone else? I think Origi for the following game. and I think you want your front three in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely the front three. I I think it's just nice to see them be able to. I think Klopp's almost done in as a way. They didn't have to. This the only game they played together in the past, you know, run of fixtures is the final, isn't it? I'm sure. 
Possibly, yeah. I'm not, not too sure. Yeah. We'll have to check that one, but I've, yeah. I feel like it is. So to have them, I think, primed again for this game, and then again, you know, we can start rotating towards, you know, getting into New Year then. Yeah, absolutely. Full firepower and firing away, hopefully. Yeah. Score prediction? I'm going to go for 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't know why I think... Four goals. goals yeah, 2-2. Two, two. Maybe just like a little stuffy, scruffy 1-0 to Liverpool. To but I've, I've kind of like convinced myself it's going to be a draw now because last year it was obviously 2-1 at the King Power and then 1-1 at Anfield. This year it was 2-1 at Anfield and now I'm like, will it be 1-1 at the King Power? Do-do-do-do. No? I don't know. I, you lost me. Uh, I think I was just thinking scruffy one nil. I'd take. Yeah, Liam Thorpe. I'm thinking what, probably one one draw. One one draw. Yeah, take a one one. Anyway, we'll be back on Friday, the day after Boxing Day, which is Thursday, where we hopefully be dissecting Leicester's loss we, at Anfield. Will we know what day it is then, though? Because no. Christmas, you just lose all. Just yeah. Anyway, Merry Christmas, everybody, and thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.